man, I just, I, I love what God is doing. I love what he's stirring in us. Uh, you know, it, it's been a bit of a pandemic. It's been difficult. Good to see you, brother. Man, the mama looks so good. Uh, you know, and we've been slowly inviting people to come back, you know, and it's, it's, it's really been wonderful. It's really been wonderful. Uh, yesterday, you know, we had a men's breakfast. We got together through a little cornhole, have some fun, shared some word, encouraged each other. And it's just good to see this back. It's, it's been difficult. I'll tell you right now as a pastor, preaching to the camera is not as easy as you might think. It's difficult. So um, God is good. So with that being said, I get to share the word with you today. And we continue on in our message series, The Midst. And I hope you've enjoyed part one. If you missed any of it, you can definitely check it out online. You can find it on YouTube or Facebook or listen to our podcast and uh, get that in. And so um, again, welcome. My name is Jack Gonzalez. I'm the lead pastor here. Um, our central passage for this message series can be found in Matthew chapter 18 and in verse 20. And it says this, For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. And we talked about the Greek word there last week. Mesos is the, the word among them, in the middle of them. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am mesos, in the middle of them. That when we would gather together, God's presence would be in the middle of our gathering. And so what happens in our gathering is huge. And I want to talk to you a little bit more about that today. Why should we not do it alone? Why should we come together? Why should we be a part of healthy community? And so with that, let's take a moment to pray and we'll jump into um, the word today. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, for waking us up this morning for putting breath in our lungs and giving us the opportunity to come and gather together today in your presence. God, I pray, God, that you would speak to us. God, we've come to hear a word. God, minister to our souls. Strengthen us, encourage us, convict us, challenge us, Lord. Help us to see the good things that you have for us. Father, we bless your holy name. Thank you for this day. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You know, God has always desired that we would do life together. God has always desired that we would not be alone. In fact, all the way in the book of Genesis, in the beginning, he says this. He says, then the Lord God said, it's not good for man to be alone. From the beginning of creation, from the beginning of the scriptures, he says, it's not good for man to be alone. Right? That, that you wouldn't do it by yourself. He, he sets creation up. He puts this into motion. He creates man. He puts man in charge. And then he creates the animals. He sees that it was good. But he also saw that that wasn't going to be the best companion that man was going to need. And so then he, God, he creates his best creation. Woman. I hope we'll get a few more laughs than that. Uh, <laughs> you know, Mother's Day coming up. You can never start too early. Hey. God's wisdom says, I don't want you to be alone. You know, that could be a healthy marriage, right? That's a beautiful thing. It could be a best friend. That's a great thing. But even beyond that, it's the gathering of his church that was meant to be the biggest blessing in your life. To fulfill the promises of God in and through you. You know, when I first became a Christian, um, I didn't know much about God. I didn't know what it was like to walk with him. You see, I knew he existed. I knew that he had been there. And then when I became a Christian, I realized that he had been there in my life. But I, I didn't really know how to seek him. I didn't really know how to find him. 
I, I, I really didn't know those things. It was the church that taught me how to read the Bible, how to interpret the scriptures. It was the church that taught me how to pray, to pray in a way that I, I, I'm going to understand how God is going to speak to my life. It was the church that taught me to recognize God's voice. It was the church that taught me how to worship him, how to serve him. It was the church that first gave me the very first opportunity to have an impact in someone else's life. It was, it, was, it was the church that spoke life into me. And not that I didn't get that at home, but it's different. It was the church that was there. And we certainly have a blood family, but we also have a blood-bought family, if that makes sense to you this morning. See, the church is the body of Christ, and God has used the church to do many things in my life. And God's word illustrates it for us this way this morning in Romans chapter 12 and verses 4 through 5. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. Someone say each other. You see, the church is the body of Christ. And when we come together, we have our greatest function. You see, the parts of the human body, it's, it's, it's wonderful. You, you, you see what it looks like, right? But they were never intended in God's design to be separated from each other, right? If I were to lose this, this leg here, I, I, you know, would I still be able to survive and get along? Absolutely. But there would still not be the greatest, uh, the, the, the way that God designed it. You know, some years back, you may have heard this story, but I had to have surgery because I tore the ligaments right here in this arm. And, you know, it was, it was, it was a really difficult season for me. And, um, you know, so what that meant is I had to have surgery, and it meant that I had to go through a lot of conditioning, and my arm was kind of strapped up and tied just like this. This is, this is just the way that it was. And, and, and it was through that that I began to realize how much I appreciate a second arm. You know, there's some moms uh, out there kind of wish they had a third arm or fourth arm or, you know, some of those kind of things. And I get it. There's a whole lot, right? I get it. But I came to realize how much. I mean, even right after this service, when you go and get in your car, why don't you try and getting in your car and just have your arm on your chest like this and just go and get in your car? You think, oh, that's not a big deal. Yeah. Just watch. Just you give it a try. I remember during that season, one of my favorite foods was sandwiches. Anybody love sandwiches, right? I was a kind of a salami and cheese kind of guy. And, and try making a sandwich with one arm, right? You'll, you'll notice these, these little differences that make such a difference in your life. I began to realize what I was missing. I began to realize that th there, there's more that's available to me. I think it's what we see so often is we see people who say, you know what? I love God. I love Jesus, and I don't necessarily need to go to church. I mean, I mean, why? I can serve Jesus all by myself. I can, I, I can do it on my own. What really is the need to be a part of something? And in that, they miss so much. And so the question that I have for all of us this morning is, why not do it alone? Why shouldn't we do it alone? Why should we do it in community? And there's a couple of points that I want to share with you. And, and the first one is this, is... Why not do it alone? Well, simply because we need others to walk with us and we need others to watch out for us. I'm going to say that again. We need others to walk with us and we need others to watch out for us. Listen, this life in Christ is the best that this life has to offer, the absolutely very best thing, but it does mean walking on a path. 
There's a path, right? There's, the Bible describes it as the straight and narrow. So th- there's a path that I'm, I'm called to walk on. And it's along as I walk on this path, there become so many different distractions and things that the enemy wants to blind me from the things of God. Get me to turn off the path, step off the path, get confused, stop on the path, turn around and go in the other direction. There's so many different distractions or attacks from the enemy. But God says that I'm going to receive the biggest blessing on the path. God intended for me to produce the most fruit in our lives in this way. In fact, Jesus says in John 15, 5, he says this. He says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from God, you cannot do it. See, the path that we're called to walk on is the path of being a Christ follower. That's the path, to be a Christ follower, staying connected to him above all else. Everything else in life will flow through it. You you have different needs, you have wants, you have desires, you have things that you'd like to see happen in your life. You have have prayers, you have hopes, you want to see the next generation, you want to see them do well. You, You have things that you'd like to see happen in your life. Listen, I want you to see what it says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he'll give you everything that you need. He'll give you everything that you need. As long as you uh, recognize that he's the vine, you're the branches, and when you stay connected in there, apart from you, you, apart from him, you can do nothing. In connected with him, you'll bear much fruit. It means staying on the path. Stay on the path. You know, staying on the path is harder than just saying it. You say, hey, I'm just going to stay on the path. It's, it's not that easy. See, the world is looking to distract you, looking to blind you, looking to hinder you, looking to hurt you. But then we read passages like Colossians chapter 2 and verses 6 through 7 that say, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Someone say, so walk in him. And then it says rooted, right? These are not talking about shallow roots. It's talking about being rooted in God and then built up in him and established in the faith just as you were taught abounding in thanksgiving. That's huge. We're going to come back to that later. Abounding in thanksgiving. So how do we do this? If we're dealing with the attacks of the enemy, God's called me to stay on the path, but then he wants me to walk in him and I'm dealing with those. How do I do this? And then also deal with my own sin nature. See, God's designed it so that the way we would overcome these areas in our life is when we would do it together. See, our midst matters to our personal relationship with God. Our gathering matters so much to the quality of what it looks like to stay on the path following Christ Jesus. And as a pastor, I've seen too many people say, you know what? I love Jesus, I love God, but I don't really see the need for why I got to be a part of something else. I don't really see why I need to be a part of a church or be a part of something. I don't see why I need to make a commitment to go to church. I don't see that. I can just do it all by myself. I love Jesus, Jesus loves me, and I just, I, I just don't, I don't see that need. And some of us, we look over at folks and we say, hey, you know, on social media, they look, they look like they're doing pretty good. They look like they're doing all right, but spiritually they're dying. Spiritually, they're going through it. There's very little depth to them. And while they believe that they can do it without the rest of the body, they eventually find themselves further away from God. 
There's so much that's vital to our, to the midst, to the gathering, and they miss out on it. You know, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, it says this, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Why does the Bible say that? Because what happens here does a whole lot to keep you on the path. You may not realize it, you may not recognize it, but your strength is here. It's here this morning. Your healing is here. Your love is here. I'll tell you right now, God is here. And when Jesus comes back, he wants to see his church united. Now let me say this, everyone watching online, hello, we love you. Stay connected to our online gathering. Be a part of that. Mama wants to come with me for a little bit. Tell him. (laughs) Online church, get plugged into our Bible studies online. Be a part of that. Uh, you know, and if everybody here, we, we stay connected to each other. We love each other, right? Uh, you know, it's, it's so important that we understand that. Where's that mama? All right, where's mommy? No, welcome. That is princess. <laughs> Our gathering is God's plan. And I want us to get that this morning. You see, in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, and verse 16, the Apostle Paul, and he's, he, he, he makes this statement. He says, God, he, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work, it helps other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. He makes the whole body fit together, meaning we need you, we need you, we need you. Together you fit. Together you fit. It says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. Someone say grow. So that the whole body is healthy. Someone say healthy. Healthy. And growing full of love. Someone say love. Love. See, when we're talking about growing, when we're talking about being healthy, when we're talking about being full of love, it happens here. Because he makes every part fit together perfectly. So when I tell you your healing is here, I'm saying your healing's here. You keep looking outside, and I'm telling you, it's not there. You'll try it. You'll experience it. It'll bring you a high, then it'll bring you a low. You'll try something else. You'll try that relationship. You'll try that emotion. You'll try that thing. It'll take you up, and it'll bring you right back down. You'll try it over and over, and you'll feel like a clown because you're going through a circus, and it'll spin and constantly spin and spin. That answer you've been looking for, that prayer you prayed and said, God, would you speak to me? I need to know. It's here. That encouragement you need is here. That strength you need is here. You know, as a young believer, when I needed somebody to pull me back because I was pushing the boundaries, it was here. Somebody think, Pastor Jack, when you got saved, it was probably this big old halo and you were perfect and all that. It's not true, contrary to popular opinion. (laughs) But as a young believer, as a young adult, as a young man, I told you I made a decision for Christ when I was 18. When I made that decision and I was, I was still trying to figure and walk a lot of things out, mature in my faith and grow in my faith, there was all kinds of areas in my life where I was still pushing the boundary. 
I, I needed the church. I needed the brothers and sisters to come and speak to me and say, listen, on the path. Your blessing is on the path. I know that looks enticing. I know that looks good. I know that seems right. I know the world telling you that's what you need, but on the path. And in there, on the path, you find God's greatest blessing. You find his love. You find that peace that surpasses all understanding. You find what you need. See, the truth is we need other Christ followers to watch out for us. We need that. Now, I want to be clear about this. The world does not get it. You know, they'll say to you like, hey, why do you need to go to church? Why do you need to go to church? What does that do for you? Like you go, like what happens? What does that do for you? Or, you know what, let's just do something else, you know, you know uh, this weekend. Or, or, or the world will tell you, you know, but you just went to church last Sunday. Like you're going to go two weeks in a row? What's up with that? You just went to church. Didn't you, didn't you get what you needed? What, what, you know, we'll go again on Christmas. They don't get it. They don't get, they don't understand what happens in the midst. They don't get what happens in the gathering. They don't get why you feel stronger. They don't get why you feel more peace. They don't get why there's something about you that says, hey, I need this. I need this gathering. I need his love. I need that. They don't get it. You know who gets it? Other Christ followers. Why? Because they've experienced it for themselves, number one. And number two, they understand the value of God's word and what he teaches us. See, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 4, it says this, Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. That's not the message of the world. That, you, you're just not going to get that anywhere else. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You need to take care of yourself, they'll tell you. You need to do you, they'll tell you. And the Bible's speaking to the church, saying as you grow, as you mature in your faith, you come to understand that we're stronger together. We're healthier together. That you begin to live more purposeful lives together. This is what we experience being a part of the church, being a part of authentic community. And then the Bible says this. Check this out in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 1. It says this. Keep being concerned about each other as the Lord's followers, what? Should. Keep being concerned about each other. It's only here that you're going to get taught that. It's only here that you're going to hear this. Because everyone else is like, what? You need to do you, okay? Stop worrying about people. Stop care. I mean, be kind. Don't be rude. But you need to do you. You just need to. You just need to. You just need to come up on you and do you and focus on you and get you right and do you and 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 all of that. That's the message. But why is God's word contrary to that? He says, "Be concerned about each other." As the Lord's followers should. He says, keep your interest, keep, don't even think about just your own interest, but think about the interest of others. God teaches us that we need others to walk with us and that we need others to watch out for us. See, God's wisdom for us says this in Ecclesiastes it says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. 
know, there's somebody who says, you know, hey, I can do it all by myself. I can be a Christ follower all by myself, do my own thing. You know what? The devil, he's going to fight fair. When the attacks come, you know, he's only going to send one demonic attack, only one temptation to my life at a time. I, I can do this by myself. He don't play fair. He don't fight fair. He sees you all by yourself. He's like, oop, I'm getting him. I'm going to get her. She's all by herself. She's on an island by herself. She thinks that she could walk this out by herself, so I'm going to get her first. I know which one to pick. You see, when, when, when the wolves are out or looking to attack the sheep, are they going to go for the big herd first, or are they going to go for the one, the little, little one that's on the corner on the side by themselves? Right, they're, they're, they're looking to get that one right there. That's the easy one. Two verses before, in Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 10, it says this, if one person falls, the other can reach out and help, but someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Yeah. Say, but I love Jesus. Yeah, but you're alone in this walk. You're doing it by yourself. You're not sharing with anybody. You're not in authentic community. People, you might have people around you, but nobody knows what you're really going through. Nobody knows what you're feeling. Nobody knows what, what you're praying, what you're hoping for, what your desires are. You're, you're, you're not doing it with others. This word alone here is a big deal. The question is that I ask us this morning is, do you have Christ followers in your life? People who knows what it takes to stay on the path. Do you have those kind of people in your life? People who know that we need each other. See, why not do it alone? Because we need others to walk with us and we need others to watch out for us. And secondly, and I close with this, is because greater worship is released when we worship together. I'm going to say that again. Greater worship is released when we worship together. You see, there's something so special about our gatherings. Absolutely. Do we come to hear the word? Sure. Absolutely. We want to be fed. We want to hear the word. We want to be blessed by the word. Absolutely. But there's something about our gathering that, that brings worship to God, right? It's, 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 it's this adoration. It's the fruit of lips that acknowledge his, his name. In Old Testament times, worship to God was done one at a time going to see the priests at the altar. And so they would, they would bring their sacrifice, they'd bring their offering, they'd bring their tithe and go over to the priest. The priest would, 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 would do, do his thing and then it would be like this sweet aroma that would be offered up to God. And, and it was a beautiful thing, but it was, it was you, the priest, and God. And that's kind of how it worked. Then God in his wisdom says, okay, I'm going to send my son Jesus. He's going to go die on the cross. He's going to be the answer for your sins. He's going to pay the bill. He's going to wipe it all clean for you. And the other thing that he does is he also sets in motion the church because it's his plan. It's his plan that we would do life together. It's his plan that we'd come to experience and know, listen, you're strong, but we're a whole lot stronger together in the name of Jesus. You're dealing with those chains. You're dealing with that situation. You're dealing with those feelings. Nobody knows about them, but you're going through them. But together you will find your healing. See, your worship as Christ's followers are, is, is powerful. It's important, but your worship with other Christ followers does something special and unique. God promises to show up in our midst. Imagine the tangible presence of God when we gather. The Bible says where two or three are gathered, there I am among the Greek word mesos, in the middle of them. See, I want you to see God's plan this morning. I want you to see God's blessing. 
In, the, in, the, in Psalms 95 and verses 1 through 3, and this is spoken before Jesus came in the flesh, but it's a prophetic word about Jesus. It says this in verses 1 through 3. It says, O come, let us, someone say let us, sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation, prophetically speaking about Jesus. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. See, God's plan is let us. If that, that passage it doesn't say, oh, come, I sing to the Lord. I make a joyful noise. I come into his presence. I make a joyful noise. That's not what it says. That's not God's plan. His plan is let us, let us come together in the name of Jesus. God says, I will be among messels in the middle of us. Come, let us do it. Thousands of years later, in the same Holy Bible, in the book of Hebrews, it says this in, in chapter 13, verse 15. It says this, through him then, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. That acknowledge his name together, that acknowledge his name. Let us. You know, my wife and I, we have three kids. You know, we're, we're constantly teaching the kids to, to love each other, to consider each other, to serve each other. We're, we're, we're teaching them those lessons. You know, one of the coolest things about being a parent is when you get to stand back and watch them do what you taught them to do. It's one of the coolest things, right? Like you taught them, you poured into them, they did the wrong thing, then you corrected them, you disciplined them, you prayed for them, you hoped for them, you believed for them, you gave them, you, 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 you gave them what you got, and then you stand back and to watch them do what you taught them. It's really one of the most beautiful things it brings such it brings such peace it brings such satisfaction it brings such joy think about our heavenly father when he teaches us and instructs us through his holy word through the gatherings through his his prophetic word in our lives through through his blessing through through the dreams through the the, the visions through the ministering to our souls think when he speaks to us he looks back and he wants to see, are, are they doing, are they in my plan to stay on the path? Are they in my plan to stay on the path? Are they there? They're out here trying to be that lonely sheep looking for the, waiting for the wolf to come get, oh no, the wolf ain't can't handle me. Oh, he's coming for you. And he looks. See, he's not just this distant God that's so far away, but he's a heavenly father, a father, a father. A father whose arms are always open wide. A father who loves. A father who believes. A father who hopes. A father who corrects. A father who disciplines. A father who teaches us. And he stands back and he wants to watch us and, and see us and see how we'll handle it and see what we'll do. That father is here with us this morning. Remember the story of me tearing the ligaments in my shoulder? 
Every time I went to do something in my normal day, I realized how much I appreciated my arm. For a season, I was, I was separated from how God designs things in the human body. But I remember once I was all better, and I had strength again, and I had full function again. I made a decision that I was going to be cautious never to put my shoulder in the same situation again. I was working at UPS and, and, and I said, you know, I, I quit that job. I, I didn't want to be in a position where this was going to happen again. I remember going to the gym and, and I remember, I, okay, I'm not, okay, I'm going to be careful with that arm. I did not want to put myself in a position to have myself without this. I already knew what it was like to just use one hand. I already knew what it was like to be without something. And because I appreciated it so much, I did not want to be without it. I hope you're hearing me this morning. You come to realize the value of the midst, the value of the gathering, the value of being an authentic community. See, I never want to be without you. I never want to be without the body of Christ. And I never want you to be without the body of Christ. Your greatest blessing is right here. Here's the bottom line, and I'm going to read our challenge and we'll pray. The bottom line is this. When you choose not to do it alone, God gets the most glory and you get the most blessing. When you choose not to do it alone. So here's my challenge for you today. I want you to take some time. I want you to get along with God, you and God. And I want you to have a verbal conversation with him. I want you to say, God, I choose godly community as your plan for my life. And God, I'm going to engage in it. I'm going to be a part of it. I'm not just going to be there. I'm just going to let it do me. But God, I'm going to engage in what that looks like for my life. I, God, I'm choosing. I'm making a commitment to, to be a part of it. And in that, you're going to find all that God has for you. Let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, you're so good. Thank you, Lord, for your word and the way it speaks to us. God, you know what we need. Thank you, Father, for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for that grace. Hey, thank you for your forgiveness. God, today, your sons and daughters, we gather in your name. And we know that you're among us. We know that you're in the middle of our gathering. God, I pray that the greatest worship is released to your name right here, Lord. I pray, God, that we would come to understand that we need others to walk with us and to watch out for us, God, so that we can stay on the path that you've called us to. God, I pray that you would refresh your church. God, I pray, God, that you would strengthen your church. God, I pray that you'd minister to hearts and souls right now. Oh, you're so good.